How will AI impact creativity? On this latest episode of the CG Hour, we're going to explore the influence of AI in the areas of gaming, toys, and business. So let's get started and start the countdown. Welcome to the CG Hour. My name is Fanny Dunnigan, and I'm the host of the show, where every episode we come to you featuring industry leaders, business experts, talking about the latest trending topics in business and technology. If you're tuning in, you're probably coming to us through LinkedIn or YouTube. The replay is also immediately available after this as well. So please be sure to introduce yourselves to the people in the comments. Uh, tell people what you do, where you're tuning in from. And I challenge you to connect with three new connections in the comments of the feed so that you can build your network as well. So on this episode, we're going to talk all around the AI creative. What is AI's influence on toys, gaming, as well as business in general? And so we put together a research video for you to kind of set the context and share with you kind of where we're going to go with this conversation. So let's play that now. Welcome to the CG Hour. If you're just joining us or just popping in right now, we're going to talk all around the AI creative, AI's influence on gaming, toys, and business. I see in the comments we have a whole variety of people tuning in from all over the world. I saw Deepak from India tuning in. I see Ilya all the way from England, as well as a whole variety of folks in our Dallas-Fort Worth area. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Again, introduce yourselves and connect with each other. Now I want to get to the amazing guests that we've lined up today on this show. They come from a variety of industries across energy, gaming, and toys. 
And I want to first start off with Mr. Jacob Miles. Welcome, Jacob, to the show. I, I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having <laughs> we me. We are so excited to have you. Jacob, can you give our audience a brief overview of your amazing career? Uh, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, uh, one of those at-risk kids who, through mentors and others, had a chance to become a mechanical engineer and began working at GE, the aircraft engine group, and then found my way to toys at Kenner Toys uh, and have been in the toy and game business ever since. But I've worked at Kenner, Tonka, Sega, uh, Hasbro, and uh, now uh, own my own toy company uh, within Map Sports Network. And you have to mention some of the cool toys you worked on, Jacob. Oh, uh, <laughs> Let's um, give a shout out. <laughs> uh, well, when I first started, uh, of course, there was uh, Play-Doh and uh, Easy Bake Oven and uh, things like that. But uh, our big hit at that time was Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. And then we got a little thing called Star Wars come in. So I had the honor of working with George Lucas on Star Wars, but also on Care Bears and Strawberry Shortcake, Pound Puppies, GoBots, Transformers, and many, many others. Amazing. I'm literally seeing my childhood <laughs> flash before my eyes. Brian Wolf is our next guest. Brian, please introduce yourself and share with our audience. Awesome. Well, also, my pleasure uh, to be here today to join the team. Um, my name is Brian Wolf. I'm a senior vice president at CG Infinity. I lead our AI data and digital transformation capabilities, particularly focused on uh, energy, oil and gas, and utilities. Uh, I've been a consultant for over 20 years, based out of Houston, helping some of the biggest companies uh, in the Fortune 500. And then last but not least, Robert Atkins. Yep. <clears throat> Thanks for having us. Uh, I, my background for the last 30 years is video game development. I've worked as a creative director uh, in, in that space and got to really contribute my talents to some really amazing IPs. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D, Quake, um, Star Trek, uh, Counter-Strike, to name, to name a few. Um, and through that journey of working <coughs> with games, when I started, there were 100 million people playing games worldwide. Now there are over 3 billion, uh, and we spend 1.4 trillion hours uh, a year playing games. And that was really when, the, when, I, when we started Balanced Media Technology, and now I'm the CEO of the company. That was really the, the big picture vision of what we wanted to do, is how can we take all this engagement and this, this connection to technology and do more with it and make an impact in the world? Well, thank you all for joining us. I'm going to start right here, Jacob, with you. Um, how have you kind of seen AI impact toy development over the last few years? Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing that we've seen AI today uh, is in robots, uh, uh, learning robots, different types of robots. Uh, but uh, uh, it is. Uh, it, it's exciting to see it. Most of them have similar uh, attributes. They can detect and avoid things as they move around, but they also have voice recognition uh, and uh, some have facial recognition as well. Uh, and all of them collect data constantly. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> exciting and scary all at the same time. <laughs> From your perspective, Robert, what have you kind of seen the influence of AI in gaming over the last few years? 
Yeah, so gaming uh, it has always had some form of AI. Usually it's dr character driven. Uh, and in games now, we actually use AI on many fronts. Uh, you know, personalization of the content would be one way. How do we deliver a personalized experience? How do we actually design our games uh, utilizing AI? But I do believe we're just scratching the surface of what's possible with that, with, with AI within the gaming industry. And I do believe there's going to be a level of adoption that's coming that's going to really change the experience level, both from a user's uh, perspective as well as the develop, developer's perspective in ways that we are just now starting to imagine. And then Brian, from your perspective in business, energy and utilities, sure. have you seen AI kind of Absolutely. Um, energy and utility companies have been using AI uh, capabilities for years, but it tends to be in very, very focused, high impact areas. So utilities use it to, to manage the grid and load management. But the, the one area that I've worked with uh, oil and gas clients in recent years that has a almost direct correlation to gaming is image enhancement, whereas in games they use image enhancement to improve the user experience and the visualization of the, the gaming surface. Uh, oil companies use that same AI capability to help them uh, more cost-effectively find where oil is in the ground you know, on, on analyzing 3D seismic data. I'll, I'll build on that. That was one of the first uh, pilots that we that we developed at Balance was we were looking at medical imagery uh, mm -hmm. that was had to do with OCT imagery, which the, the use case is age-related macular degeneration, which mm -hmm. affects over 60% of us. We, it's a leading cause of blindness. And, and right now they take, when they, when they take these OCT images, they take 96 images of the surface of your eye. And they try to use AI to determine where the drusen, the, 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 the rocks or the bumps in your retina sure. are, but they're inaccurate. AI can't, AI can't actually draw those lines correctly, so humans are having to uh, adjust the image. What we did was we put those images into a video game, mm -hmm. and then we had the players simply just play a game where it looks like a satellite image, and they're just blasting a tank. What they're really doing is they're putting an input into the machine learning model. So human in the loop is, wh is what it's called. And the human's input now is a part of the variable that is training the AI. And what we showed was we could went from like, you know, 50% accurate to 89% accuracy. And why that's important is when you can have that level of precision within an AI, especially in the medical space, mm -hmm. you now can take out biased, you can take out the, uh, the uh, AIs uh, needing to have a human hand correct images and hand correct the AI. And we actually patented that technology. SMU and the Retina Foundation uh, partnered with us and, and they patented the technology and with all ophthalmology. So now you can, and that's the very first time that medical, this type of medical work was done inside the Unreal Engine and within a video game. And that's just scratching the yeah, surface because that same methodology can Incredible. be used yeah. for oil and gas industry, can be used for environmental industry as well. Absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, you. You all in the audience can really see the the wide spectrum from oil and gas yeah. and geology to medical research and toys. Let us know in the comments what you're currently using AI for around your creative pursuits. So drop that in the comments below and let us know. So Jacob, as AI is getting more and more popular, 
Do you see a resistance to the adoption of it in the toy industry or an embracing of it? Like what is the kind of user adoption around AI in your, in your industry? Well, the, the toy industry is historically trend forward. Mm. Uh, so uh, the, there's, there's no re resistance to adopting it, uh, but there is uh, a, a high concern for for safety because you're, you're dealing with children. Yeah. And so uh, your risks are very, very high. You can't win in court against a child. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you, uh, so those are the, the main consideration that, that we have to look at. But uh, in looking at it today uh, and where it's going in, in the future, I think you're going to see more of the AI coming across different uh, uh, areas of toys. Uh, so you have, like we said, the robots yeah. and so forth, but uh, it's going to come to dolls. It's going to come to board games. Uh, it's going to come to collectibles, you know, and uh, the fastest growing segment in toys is adult toys, is collectible toys. Uh -huh. Star Wars plays a big role in that. Marvel plays a big role in that. Star Trek plays a big role in that, you know, but you're going to see AI come to the collectibles. It's going to be a big thing coming forward as well. I, I absolutely, you know, like fascinated with your career mm -hmm. and, and the things that you've worked on because, you know, they they made a huge impact on my imagination. Mm -hmm. And that was in, you know, the idea of play when we had our Star Wars toys laid out there and we had seen the movie and now we're playing out the scenarios and we're, we're building the, the fortresses and to have the ships and all these things. We would act out the scenarios and with the knowledge of what we had of the universe mm -hmm. having been exposed to just the movie but now if you imagine a toy or a figure having the complete you know chronological knowledge of the entire universe and you're able to then create scenarios and play scenarios where you're and it's playing it's talking back to you and mm -hmm. it's and it's it's it, you know you don't you're not having to make the funny voices yourself and all these right. things that takes children's imagination to a whole nother level. It and really, I, really does. And, 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 and what it does is all toys are simulations. Mm -hmm. Even Easy Bake Oven was a simulation <laughs> of mom, uh, yes. you know, in the kitchen. So all of them are simulations. And all toys are, um, are learning tools. Mm -hmm. So you play and learn. And so with uh, AI coming to things like action figures, as, as Robert was speaking to, uh, now you're talking about the opportunity to uh, have the characters interact with the kids and mm -hmm. teach the kids about things like the environment, mm -hmm. uh, things uh, like uh, getting rid of poverty yeah. and, and social, positive social impact things. So I think in the toy industry, we'll be looking at how do we have a positive impact on society through our toys and through how we integrate AI into Absolutely. those toys. I mean, speaking of teaching, uh, Brian, you and I talked about the training, right, for adults and the use of AI simulations. Talk about that. Um, so, you know, I think in business, uh, you know, AI is still in its very infancy and it's all about really how do I automate my business processes? If you go look at, uh, you know, one of the Tesla plants, it's all machines, it's all very automated. And they're kind of, you know, leaders when it comes to using that type of technology. But in, in a lot of our legacy, you know, traditional businesses, 
um, this technology is being used to change the way work gets done. And in doing so, um, you know, in order to be successful, you know, change, changing the organization is helping educate the people to use that capability to drive the change or to run your business differently um, and doing more things with perhaps fewer people or doing things differently. But I would say one of the key barriers of implementing AI successfully is not only having the talent and skills, but mobilizing your organization to make the changes necessary to get the value out of the technology. Absolutely. And I see here also in the comments that are coming in, uh, Angela, she was happy that she caught this. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. Uh, Sean Cord uses it for animation. Um, uses AI for animation. I, I bet you see a lot of that as well, right, Robert? I, we, we're really starting to see how, uh, and, and having a lot of discussions about the right way to use AI. Um, I consider AI a tool uh, that can be applied to many things. Um, and I don't think it's a replacement for humans or, or the creative process or, or problem solving. I think it's just going to enhance humanity, uh, enhance business, enhance enhance the ability to do these things. So if, if animation is one of those areas that is very time consuming and hard to do and, and very technical. So I do believe the tool applied with animation is, is a great use case for how we can advance development uh, and, and, and hopefully bring even more engaging great content to the market faster. Yeah, it creates whole worlds, right? <laughs> Much less mm -hmm. the characters. Uh, I know Jacob, you, when you were kind of, you and I were chatting, we talked about the role of storytelling, mm -hmm. right, in toy development. How do you see, do you have like a, a use case or a case study of AI in developing stories around your toys? Well, AI, um, to, as, as, as we talked about earlier, is, is always been, been there at, at, uh, at some level. You know, uh, when you have interactive toys, yeah. uh, when every toy, especially when you get to action figures and things of that nature, all all have storylines. You know, as as the GoBots and obviously Transformers and so forth, uh, all have very strong, robust uh, storylines. But uh, AI can be used to uh, to extrapolate on the ideas uh, that uh, our writers have and can go out and pull stuff, let's say that you wanted to uh, simulate what is going on and what NASA is discovering on different uh, planets and galaxies and so forth. Well, AI can help you bring that knowledge into your storyline. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a very um, rudimentary way, uh, we did that with Star Wars uh, and uh, Star Trek did it early on you know, obviously not with as much as with AI, but AI will accelerate that type of uh, uh, integration of uh, knowledge into products and toys and so forth. There's an interesting comment from Tracy Phillips in the audience. She said she was questioning whether AI with toys may limit imagination. Um, one example she was mentioned was wooden blocks without color increase imagination more than painted ones. I would love to, any feedback or thoughts around that? 
I, Do you think it limits imagination? Sometimes? I think there's some great possibilities here. Even if done right, I think parents could be part of the loop, right? Like if, you know, hey, there's a lesson that you really, you know, the kids won't listen to us as adults, right? <laughs> but maybe they'll listen to their toys. And, and oh now gosh. we could, you know, maybe we could, hey, you know, brushing your teeth is important or, or, you know, hygiene, you know, and now the kids are, the, mm -hmm. a, the character may, little, little Sue AI doll will say, hey, you know, let's go to the bathroom and brush our teeth, you know, and next <laughs> thing you know, you know, she's getting her teeth brushed, uh, you know, and that, I mean, so there's ways I think that we, it, I just think we're, we need to think outside of the box a little bit more because it's not the same thing that we've, we're accustomed to. So the paradigms are going to shift with AI and how we think about that engagement loop with the AI is going to change. And I do believe it has the potential to empower a child's imagination even greater than just uh, how we currently are playing, if, if done correctly. And, and what I mean by that is there's AI is, even now as an adult, it's, it's I'm asking, I use, I use you know, large language model tools and ask it questions because I'm curious about things and I want to understand more. Uh, you know, so there's a great opportunity for a, 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 learning, a learning loop for a child with toys and games where they can now start to communicate and learn about the world. And this creates learning opportunities. And if you do, and outside of the silly example I said about brushing your teeth, if you connected it back to the parental uh, in the loop as well, it gives them an opportunity to maybe understand a subject that their child is, is asking about or curious about, and this might open up even more opportunities for parental engagement, which is, I think, at the heart of some of the things that we need in society to be solidified. I could certainly use a reminder <laughs> through the game towards my son to brush his teeth and shower. <laughs> so <laughs> that would certainly help. Anyone who's um, raised kids knows this. <laughs> Brian, from your perspective, have you seen resistance to AI adoption in the business world and your thoughts around that? Um, yeah, so I would say, you know, AI capabilities are consistent with a lot of technological changes in, in business. And um, anytime you introduce new things, there's going to be resistance to change. Um, and it's from multiple levels. In some cases, it's a awareness. Some cases, if people don't, aren't trained to take advantage of the new tools or AI. And so I think it's one of the biggest barriers to success is the ability to bring your organization on board so they understand how the tools are beneficial to them, to their future, how they can use it to do uh, a better job. It's ultimately what everybody wants to do. And you know, change is always threatening. And so fr from that regard, uh, I think the success of AI in companies as it relates to transforming the way work gets done, the change management is absolutely critical. Yeah. And opening our minds, like Robert yeah. said. Uh, Rob Flint in the comments said, his boys listen to Xbox. So all we have to do is influence our parental <laughs> controls through Xbox, right? Um, for now, I want to take a quick pause and celebrate something for our sponsor, CG Infinity. They recently won the Dallas Business Journal's Best Places to Work Award. So I want to play that video of that event for you now.
big congratulations to CG Infinity for that amazing award. So I'm going to shift kind of themes now and talk around the governance of AI because recently on October 30th, literally just a few weeks ago, President Biden issued a executive order for the safe, secure and trustworthy artificial intelligence to develop standards, tools and tests to help ensure that AI systems are safe, secure and trustworthy. And especially because we're on this topic on toy development and gaming, which our kids and grandkids are, are going to be on uh, to kind of ensure the safety around that. So Jacob, I would like to kind of hear from you. What do you think the impact of this executive order is going to be in the, the toy industry? Well, I, the toy industry is, is highly um, regulated by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Uh, and I think that uh, what President Biden has done uh, is really put in place a uh, communications vehicle for industry and businesses that are developing and using AI so that there's a feedback loop to the government so they can write regulations and so forth. Because right now, we really don't have any quality standard for AI. No. Uh, yeah. uh, we don't have any uh, solid regulations we can put our arms around in the toy industry to say, you know, this is how we have to do it or should do it to protect the kids. So it's really upon business at this point to communicate with the government, to be responsible in their use of AI, uh, and to uh, uh, be cognizant of, you know, hacking and things of that nature mm -hmm. that can uh, access the data that the our AI and toys is getting from kids. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I, I, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend some time ago that had Alexa, and I was explaining to them that Alexa was listening all the time. And they said, no, Alexa only listens when I talk to it. <laughs> you know, and I said, well, if Alexa is not listening all the time, then how do... Alexa, know you're talking to it. And you say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, Alexa's collecting data all the time. Yeah. Never stops. You know, so uh, we have to think about toys and the robots I talked about, for instance, as they're interacting with your kid, they're reading facial expressions, you know, they're responding to questions, asking questions, and so forth. That's collecting data. Mm -hmm. uh, and a hacker can get in there and... Um, start communicating with your kid, mm. you know, or utilize that data uh, in, in a harmful way. So we have to be very cognizant of what we're doing. We have to uh, really track what we're doing and report that back to the authorities so that they can write the proper regulations. Mm -hmm. So businesses are going to be the biggest influence of, of influencing these regulations uh, that uh, Biden is talking about. Do we trust the businesses to report back? Well, Properly you know, that's always the, that's always the question, you know, yeah. that's always the question. Yeah. But that that is the nature of capitalism, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, because yeah. the business leads. And that's how we get our leadership in AI, mm -hmm. you know, is by our business leading government leading in the development of AI and applying it to consumers is not the way we want to go. Yeah. You know, we want businesses to lead, you know, and we want the government to be a partner in helping 
working with us to protect uh, the consumer. And then the consumer can police through their wallets. <laughs> uh, let us know in the comments for our live audience here, what do you think uh, more governance around AI could look like or would look like? Um, from your perspective, Robert, in the gaming industry, this executive order and how it might kind of influence game development and design? Well, I, one, executive orders, you can, they only do so much. Without regulation, they're often toothless. Uh, but in this particular case, it was a very comprehensive overview about protection and the need for standardizations. NIST standing up more, you know, the, Nas the National Institute of uh, Standards and, uh, and Technology, uh, putting capital into government agencies to all have some form of AI uh, objectives or at least lens uh, was one thing that I thought was interesting. The thing that I wish was there, and I, maybe it will come, is a, a more direct, uh, aggressive approach mm -hmm. toward AI. I think we should uh, not steer away. I think we should steer into it. I think we need to, I think I would have loved to hear that our next moonshot as a country is AI. And I would start by putting it in schools. I would start by increasing our education systems and having uh, industry leaders like, like what your company does and, and, the, and the companies you serve become agents of change within the schools and, and have them directly influencing the curriculum uh, that is being taught at, at, at school level so that they, we have a workforce that's prepared for the future and a workforce that can actually uh, be able to manipulate and create and use AI uh, to be able to build a better future. Uh, and I think that it is imperative that we put this into our education system as fast as possible and, 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 and make it a paramount uh, uh, government funded effort. And I would, I'm, I'm talking, I would put a hundred billion a year toward this. I would not, and I would, I would put, uh, I would put the industry's own notice that it's their responsibility to be able to help educate the future mm -hmm. and have the directive within the schools be about critical thinking and have them directly connected and, and point the AI like a cannon toward, you know, education itself and how we reform it, uh, point, point it toward the environment, point it toward uh, medical uh, issues, yeah. point it toward, you know, sustainable food and have our young people thinking about these things and the tools in their hands sure. at the earliest possible age so that when they come out of high school, when they come out of college, they've been using AI and the tools mm -hmm. for, for a decade. Yeah. And so that they're completely equipped and they've also been uh, focused on problem solving and how they can make a difference in the world. And that is really, I think, the kind of moonshot and investment that the government needs to make to, make, uh, to uh, continue to make this great nation of ours uh, you know, yeah. a leader uh, around the world and, and hopefully that will benefit humanity in the process. Yeah. And Brian, from your perspective, I mean, there are certain references to the energy sector in it as well. And obviously energy ties back to nuclear and uh, all kinds well, of energy industries around that. What do you think? Sure. Uh, well, energy companies and utility companies are 
or basic, you know, uh, critical infrastructure to, to our country. Mm. And they've been under constant attack or they're always under attack, whether and, and, and those companies are responsible not only for securing uh, their physical assets, but securing their networks. And, uh, and as I said, their primary targets, as you might recall two or three years ago, Colonial Pipeline was yeah. uh, attacked by ransomware. It shut the pipeline down for almost a week shut off the flow of fuels to the to the northeast so um, those kind of attacks can can be um, you know have a tremendous impact not only on uh, a company but on stakeholders uh, that consume that energy but uh, I, I just think that the the executive order really is just uh, highlighting what's already in place by other federal regulations FERC and, and uh, the Department of Energy they're already required to secure their networks. I think AI, what that allows is bad actors to intensify their attacks uh, with more frequency. And so it just really ups the game for companies um, to put in place strong, secure controls of their networks and their environments to protect themselves. Because if not, yeah. they're, they're going to be vulnerable and they're going to uh, be hacked. Absolutely. Uh, Robert, you have a fan in the audience, Rain, Rain Smith. She said, yes, lean in, not away, and get meaningful AI education in schools ASAP. Yeah, and I um, failed to mention, and I know this is a, an area that you have a lot of passion, uh, is, is robotics. Mm -hmm. like, why do we have robotics clubs and not a complete track about robotics? I mean, the future, right. you know, we need, to, we need to stop pussyfooting around with these things that are paramount for our future and actually make them part of the, the main track, the main curriculum. And if we can't, and we need to subsidize the, the knowledge base of our incredible teachers with industry, inf industry leaders who come in and, and, and be able to help them as well so that these kids are getting access at, that they deserve uh, because that is the future we deserve. And, it's, and it starts with our children and, and, and it's not, you know, we're, we, need to, we need to stop like kicking that can down the road when it comes to our education system. And that's where I do believe we, you know, it's not just about where industry is today and how AI is gonna affect us. It's about the generations that sure. are coming that are gonna live in a completely different paradigm than we do today. And we need to start investing in that. Yeah, and I, I, would, I would take that a step further in that, you know, in, in our educational institutions, but also in our community mm. institutions. You know, we can have AI training and initiatives that deal with uh, ESG uh, in uh, and, and the Boys Define and Girls ESG Club, uh, uh, environment, social mm. and governance type issues. But, uh, you know, there are programs, we work with, you know, Boys and Girls Club and different nonprofits and so forth with our esports leagues and robotics leagues. But uh, there's an opportunity for that training to occur there as well. It doesn't just have to be in, in the traditional school. It can also be in those communities, uh, in those after school programs, you know, uh, through competitions and things of that nature. So uh, AI is going to play a big, big role uh, in the future. And I think business is going to have to take the leadership because government moves too slow. I mean, it's gridlock yeah. constantly there. You know, don't get me started on them. But, um, we just have an hour. You know, so, yeah, so we, we have to do it. You know, I think and the government will respond to us, mm. you know, but business has to 
has to lead. And, and that's not uncommon. When you look at when Microsoft and, and Google and all those first came along, none of that was taught in schools. No. You know, but yeah. Microsoft created its own manuals, its own educational materials. People went out and got it and On the read job it training. and learned it, you yeah. know, and so forth. So it's an opportunity to build our workforce, uh, not only through our colleges, uh, but uh, through apprenticeship programs, uh, through, you know, uh, through play, play and learn, you know, type of environments. But a tremendous opportunity to have uh, positive social impact with the inclusion of AI in those activities. But do you think, Jacob, that there are any safety concerns as far as like these simulations and whether a child's too young to realize what's real or not real and Oh, absolutely. Um, there is uh, very, very, very uh, large amount of data around uh, kids uh, and obviously, you know, when their brain forms and, and how it, you know, evolves and so forth. So, for instance, uh, we do uh, virtual esports, you know, with the goggles where you're inside yeah. the game. Well, uh, you have to be at least eight years old to participate in that because the younger kids, their, their brains are not at a level yet where they can, it, it creates confusion for them in discerning real from fake after they take the glasses off. Yeah. You know, so uh, those things are, are very, very much needed uh, as far as guidance and, and at what age kids should be involved in those things. Mm -hmm. And those kind of studies are ongoing now. I know the um, uh, medical industry, we've talked with the Brain Institute in Dallas, uh, working with autism and, and, and with looking at how all of these things are impacting mm -hmm. kids. So we've got to lean into that. Uh, industry's got to work closer with those kind of institutions to make sure what they're doing is responsible. Absolutely. I, I'll add to that. Uh, I, I've seen the, the, the data on, uh, around this, and, and I know that there's a lot of you know, people who are visionary thinkers who think the gamification of education is, is we've, 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 once again, it's sort of a, a side thing. Mm -hmm. It's not fully integrated, and I and that's really where you know my my, my CTO Corey Clark and his team at SMU uh, won the Barbara Bush Foundation's X Prize uh, mm -hmm. for adult literacy. And how they did it was they made a video game to teach people how to read, mm -hmm. and and their results were so much greater from impact uh, by by showing you know people not only who were illiterate from reading but also didn't even know how to use any technology so they didn't even know how to hold a tablet they didn't know how to navigate a push you know touch screen uh, and and that is the type of thing that we need to start to look at is how can we with engagement loops that we know work for gaming, that we know work for personalization of experience, that we do know that can show results when it comes to, when I say personalization, I mean not everybody learns at the same speed. Right. Let's slow it down for some, let's speed it up for others, and let's make sure that no one gets left behind. And the only way you're gonna do that isn't from a teacher who's overtasked and undermanned being able to try to personalize for every kid. It's going to have to be technology driven. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be AI driven in the future. And we need to not stop talking about it and start just doing it. And it needs to be fully implemented. AI is the perfect vehicle for uh, teaching uh, and learning at different rates, yeah. you know, because it can respond to, 
to folks that if they, if they pick it up quicker, it can respond and go quicker. If they need a little slow down and, and repeat it more, it, it can do that. It can sense that and do that uh, much, uh, much quicker than a teacher with 50 kids, right. you know, mm -hmm. in the room. That's right. So, uh, so absolutely, that is one of the uses that I think that AI will have. Yeah. And even in business, right? Well, sure. Now, I mean, what you're talking about is mass personalization. So the ability to tailor uh, services and offerings and experience. So exactly based on what you need and um, which requires them to collect you know, a lot of data mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. you. And, you know, uh, the good news, you know, so that's the balance is like individual privacy versus personalization. And, you know, I've been in the data space for the last 20 years or so working with, you know, companies in, and all types of business data. And I can tell you over the last five years with the implementation of uh, Europeans data privacy rules, California Consumer Privacy Act and HIPAA, that those rules hold companies accountable. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a much greater uh, emphasis there's you know training in companies on how to handle data and how to treat it and the reality is with with ai it doesn't need your social security number doesn't need your birth date to know um your your profile and your patterns and your and the things that uh that you tend to have, your preferences that you tend to have and so um the good news is i think regulations are working it's not perfect but I can tell you the you know ethical companies strive to to follow those rules and regulations, and uh, you know but there's still a lot of consumer education protection required. Just, you've got to be careful on who you provide your data to, right? Yeah. Um, but as I said, you know this day and age, like with with websites, they uh, they allow you to consent. Are you okay if I track this this data or not? So you get the ability to choose, and so. It's, it's evolving, but uh, the intent is to keep individuals' personal data uh, private while providing great experiences for customers. Yeah. And I want to pause real quick here to kind of give a shout out to a book and podcast that our sponsor has uh, put together, CG Infinity. And that is all around a topic called demystifying IT, because these days, Every business is a technology business. As you can kind of see here, it all revolves around technology and IT is not just a, uh, a cost center nowadays. So give a shout out to that. And I want to play a quick video of the president, Sarjeet uh, Kanungo, as well as the founder of CG Infinity, um, Bopi Dal, around their book and podcast. So let's talk about the future now, looking towards the next three, five years. Robert, I would love to hear from you because you touched on the use of AI 
through gaming towards medical research, which I think could you know, create all kinds of possibilities and opportunities. Can you kind of share a bit about where you see it going for medical research in the next three years even? We started the company, as I mentioned earlier, we wanted to take the gameplay loops and the engagement and actually do something more meaningful with it. Uh, while people are playing and having fun, they're actually contributing to something like cancer research. Uh, we were, we've created a human platform, it's called Human, uh, and it allows us to inject business data, including medical data, into the gameplay loops. And while the players are playing the crowd, they're actually helping refine uh, the, the data as well as create new AI. So uh, we want to empower people to do that. Now, the platform is problem agnostic, but if you look at uh, medical industry alone, every 70 days they double the amount of data that's generated in their industry. And they simply do not have enough way to parse that data, utilize that data effectively. A lot of it is, is not unified. A lot of it is sitting in silos. Uh, but if and researchers in particular are often working alone with the data that they have access to and if you could empower them by creating an infrastructure that allows them to be able to connect their data in a more meaningful way and even to other publicly available data sets in a more meaningful way and at the same time have an army of people who are helping them. Uh, you know, pare down their data or to be able to look in their data and see where they possibly could uh, you know, need to look next. Uh, that is that is how gamification and the human platform can connect all those things together. It's, it's for me, it's about uh, shortening time to discovery, uh, giving tools to the to industry uh, so that they can take their their valuable data and they can do something with it uh, in in meaningful in a meaningful way and hopefully create their own AI uh, that can help their business and give them a competitive edge in the marketplace. Incredible. The, the possibilities are endless, <laughs> it really. really. As soon as you marry the AI, the tech, the research. Um, Jacob, you touched on this idea of licensing that you've mm -hmm. done in your career. And I know even at my rudimentary level of using MidJourney, which is mm -hmm. a design tool in AI, there's a lot of copying. Right, like I can say, create an image in the inspired by Superman or Batman. Right, mm -hmm. how do you kind of see that playing out in the next few years around the licensing of characters, using them for inspiration, and how do we know something's original or avoid the copying? Well, you know, uh, characters are um, IP. It's just like a celebrity. You're, mm -hmm. you're creating your own celebrity. And we see now uh, where celebrities are fighting back against the use of their likeness, their voices, yeah. you know, uh, in, uh, uh, with AI. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be the same for uh, the Transformers or, yeah. or for G.I. Joe or, or whatever uh, character it is. Um, but AI is creating these variations of these characters. Because all AI really does, it goes out and grabs stuff and pulls it all together and brings it back to you. Uh, and uh, what's going to happen is that uh, AI will also be used to analyze and find uh, those characters that are using the code that is used to create Batman. Mm -hmm. You know, say, oh, well, you've yeah. got X percentage of that code in, this, in, in your character. 
then again, that can become policed by AI as well. So you're going to see AI working on both ends of that. Uh, and, and the same thing, you know, with uh, voice. I think Google uh, just announced with YouTube, and I believe that uh, uh, several of the companies are going to come out with announcements here in the next week or so uh, where they're putting uh, parameters around how they're going to analyze content that people create uh, and say if it's got 30 percent or whatever percentage it is uh, of code that belongs to another character, then uh, we can shut it down. Wow. I think the biggest issue is going to be uh, not in the, in the creation and so forth, it's in the policing and protecting. Mm -hmm. uh, because they'll be able to figure out what is, uh, what is fake, you know, what is copied, uh, what is 20% copied, 80% copied and so forth. But then when you, once you find that out, what do you do? You have to take action against it. And the large companies will be able to do that, but the smaller companies may not have the resources yeah. and so forth to do that. So I think that becomes a, a bigger issue that has to be figured out. Explain AI it. to detect mm -hmm. AI. Yeah. <laughs> and another area uh, that's going to become incre increasingly uh, needed and part of this loop is, is explainability. Mm -hmm. Being able to under, you know, AI is like this, you know, black box, right? Like, mm -hmm. or the machine learning is a black box. Things go in, something comes, the result comes out. We don't really know what's happening inside of that black right. box. But if explainability will allow us to take a peek in there and see, you know, is there bias? Is there, is mm -hmm. there, are these things, how do they generate this result? And that is really super important. Uh, we've we've we published some papers on that as well about explainability and and the need for it. And I think industry adoption is going to have to get comfortable mm -hmm. with the idea that they're going to ultimately be asked and held accountable to explain how their results were were found. Yeah, were generated absolutely. Yeah. And that also leads to the need as we we work to prepare the next generation's workforce. They're they're. There has to be a basic level of digital literacy. Oh, of course. You know, uh, and right now we don't have that uh, in, in our country. But uh, I think that's very, very critical. And, and I know that's one of the things that we're working toward at MAP. What is maybe one initiative that could help that? Have you seen some valuable initiatives that could help kind of spread that digital literacy more uh, broadly? Well, uh, building, uh, teaching mm -hmm. with the toys, play and learn, mm -hmm. uh, building that been beginning with the kids at a very young age uh, so that uh, as they learn their, uh, you know, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, the response, and that at the proper level, bring in that understanding of how these things are done. Uh, sometimes um, uh, I think uh, we wait too late to introduce technology to kids. We assume, well, you know, they, they can't handle it uh, in mm -hmm. elementary school. Well, yes, they can. Yeah. You know, they don't need to, to wait to high school. About, yeah, you know, we, so schools. we need to get, you know, get that in as early as possible. Uh, and then that digital literacy will be built in. Brian, I mean, in the world of business, especially around customer experience, sure. right? where, where do you see kind of like the 
the intersection between where AI stops and human comes back in to be involved? Or? Absolutely. No, I think it's a great, uh, uh, a great pivot. Um, one of the areas, you know, all companies strive to provide great customer experience. And as a result, I mean, that, that's where a lot of the early wins or uses and adoption of AI exists and kind of examples would be, you know, chatbots where you can go online and, you know, find the status of your order or ask questions about your product. And in many cases, it's AI that's answering those questions and providing those answers. And so for companies, you're trying to provide a fast response, a good experience, and you know, ultimately an answer at a cost-effective way. And historically, you had people, you know, on phone banks, and you know, that were highly experienced that could answer those questions. <laughs> now, with AI, they can answer 30, 40, 50 percent of those questions. And so, but ultimately, you know, where I've seen good, uh, good companies. Uh, or, or have adopted AI well is the ability to realize that you've reached the bounds of what AI, you're not answering the question. You, you've gotten a lot of information and you realize this is a technical problem. Let me give you, put you on hold for 30 seconds and let me bring in the human to then address your specific problem and answer it. So it's a great way that uh, AI can do a lot of the initial lifting or heavy lifting, but you know, you've always got to have the human that can answer the difficult questions, let's just say. It's like AI and, uh, um, But it's, you know, companies have found they can, they can lower their customer service costs by 30, 40% using these kind of technologies. So as we kind of wrap up, I could, we could uh -huh. easily talk about all uh -huh. these things for another hour, yeah. um, but I do want to kind of go around the, the table, the room yeah. here, and kind of ask each one of you, what are you most excited for in the next few years around AI in your industry? And I'll start with Robert. I, I think the work we're doing at Balanced is, is gonna lead the way in a lot of the ability for how gaming can educate, gaming can help solve industry problems, uh, gaming can uh, create new AI, machine learning capacity uh, and I'm, I'm excited that gamers are going to be part of that, that vision and, the, and they can start to make a difference because, you know, we've trained them for 40 years to be the heroes, save the planet. That's right. You know, this, right. is, this is a great, you know, using games to do that is absolutely, I think, uh, you know, something that, that can be a great narrative for how, why they can justify all those hours they spend playing games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think AI is just, you know, it's in the very early innings. It's, it, companies and people are just learning what the capabilities are and how to use it. And companies over the last five to 10 years have been amassing all of this data in the cloud with tremendous processing power. Yeah. And, and now it's really about innovation and how can I use that data to solve problems, to provide better experiences, improve my products um, or lower costs in, in, in some way. But uh, I just think it's the, the future's going to be full of innovation. Your perspective, Jacob? I'm excited about AI being able to accelerate play and learn, mm. uh, playing and learning. Uh, I'm excited about the AI's ability to have a positive social impact on reducing poverty, uh, mm. agriculture, medical. Uh, mm. And to do that uh, through the uh, 
the education of, of folks. Uh, I call it edutainment, you know. Mm -hmm. So through edutainment, you know, uh, through competitions, you know, we do the esports and the robotics and the coding, uh, and we're now developing an AI competition. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, those competitions, kids get very excited about them, and they play, and then they want to learn more, yeah. you know. And the teachers right now can't give them more because yeah. the teachers don't know. Yeah. So the teachers, a lot of times, uh, across different areas, don't have a base level of digital literacy. And so uh, we want to play a role in helping uh, improve that. And I think that's very, very exciting, having that positive social impact. Edutainment, gamification, personalization, <laughs> these are all endless possibilities. And please, in the audience, make sure you connect with all three of our guests, because as you can tell, we're just touching on the surface of all the possibilities. So thank you, Jacob Miles, Robert mm -hmm. Atkins, Brian Wolf. Connect with all of our guests on the panel. And uh, thank you so much for all of your time and contributions. Yeah. And those questions that we miss, we'll make sure we go back and tag our panelists if there's something that they can answer for you all. And uh, before we wrap up, this is our last show of the year, so of this season. And uh, we wanted to kind of look back at the season that we've come across in 2023, some of the highlights of our previous shows. So let's take a look at that. won't always remember what you said to them or what you di did to them, but they will remember how they how, the, how you felt after interacting with them. All of the platforms and strategies and integrations and technology that you put together to ultimately give your customers the choice of how they interact with you and your product creates the overarching experience that you're after. I think that one of the things that I think a lot of people can do right now is just get into the tech and start building things with it. But we as humans do not just rely on pattern matching. We actually actively think. And so if we really want to build truly autonomous vehicles, we have to bring in that reasoning aspect as well. With social media and how fast news transfers, you want to see that companies have your back at, you know, um, supporting you where you come from. I go work at, at Microsoft, CEO probably doesn't want to listen to me. I go work at a boutique firm, CEO wants to take me to lunch. Legislation over here that says we're going to go to 100% electric vehicles is going to impact the grid over here with uh, multiple different issues and it's kind of the, the the waterbed where you press here and all of a sudden it goes up over here something happens over here generative ai is probably in my opinion one of the biggest step change in technology equivalent to probably what i would say is when mobile phones came in or before that internet right
As you can see, we've covered a whole variety of topics. And personally, I learn so much just sitting here with panelists and experts. And I hope you have too in the audience. Let us know for as we plan the 2024 season, what are some topics you would like us to cover and do a deeper dive into. Thank you so much to you all in the audience for supporting us at CG Infinity, at the CG Hour, our panelists, and thank you all for your contribution. Thank you to all our guests. And as always, our tagline here, people first driven to transform. We'll see you next year.